Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, Senior Pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. God, Lord, I pray today that you would speak into the heart of this house. Lord, I pray, speak into this atmosphere today. Lord, I pray, let there be revelation. Let there be a receptive spirit. Lord God, let faith rise in this place. And Lord, we've come today to give you all the honor, to give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, let's give God a shout of praise in here for just. Come on, I mean, why, why, why don't we really pop this atmosphere a little bit with faith and <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Good morning, bro. Somebody say the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Amen. You may be seated today. If you have a Bible this morning, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, if there's any Americans listening to this message, the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. And I want to have a look at chapter 28. I want to read a prophetic verse that was given 750 years before the arrival of Jesus on the planet, 783 years roughly, uh, before this came to pass. It's a beautiful and it's a powerful scripture. It says this in verse 11. I want to have a look at two verses. We're going to go all through the Bible today and see what God wants to say concerning a subject that's very, very dear to my heart. He says, Isaiah writes, he says, for with stammering lips, somebody say stammering lips. He says, with stammering lips and another tongue or an unknown tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing for with stammering lips and another tongue, that word stammering Literally, the, the, the original language uh, uses the word buffoon, something to be, something to be mocked. Our, our heavenly language is something that conjures a lot of controversy. Our heavenly language, praying in the Holy Spirit, is something that to those that are, are not uh, believers in, in, in this experience, it seems very unusual, it seems very strange. However, for me, I grew up around supernatural power around the baptism in the spirit around praying in the holy ghost and the, and the reality is to me i almost think it's unusual to to read the bible from 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 the book of uh, matthew all the way to revelation as well as looking here in some of these old testament prophetic chapters to me it seems more unusual to not believe and embrace the baptism in the spirit than have a christian experience that denies the work of the holy ghost I'm a passionate believer that as Christians, every Christian, now I want you to get this in your spirit today, every Christian, firstly I believe everyone can be saved if they accept Jesus. Everyone on earth, for, from, from the worst criminal to, 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 the, to, the, to the most extreme person of other faith or whatever the case may be, any person who surrenders their life to Jesus can and would be born again should they accept Jesus as who he is and give their lives to Christ. Do you believe that this morning? So when the Bible says, whosoever, 
It means whosoever. Whether we like that whosoever, it doesn't matter. It's about the blood of Jesus washing people clean by the grace of God. But, but he, he, he said, I want to say today that we believe every person can be saved. And we also believe that every person that is saved can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I believe, and, and, and the Bible teaches very clearly that those who are baptized in the Spirit have the accompanying sign or the accompanying manifestation or the, if you, if you want to stick from a doctrinal perspective, an essential evidence of, of, of the baptism in the Spirit, we believe is praying in the Holy Ghost. It's speaking in other tongues. It's a, it's a prayer language. It's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's praying in an unknown language. And, and I want to talk about that today because sometimes it gets so spooky in, in, in the perception, but the reality is so beautiful and so powerful. And we see all through the Bible. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, the 120 that were gathered there to receive from God. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I want to say this. The law of first mention in Scripture is always a precedent for what God is wanting to establish. So in Acts chapter 2, he establishes that when he baptizes people, the fire of God's present and there's a heavenly language. When we see in, in later on in the book of Acts, uh, Paul brings a baptism in the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles. He brings it to Cornelius' house. It's amazing what happened. Peter hits the deck under the power of God and gets a vision from God, meets with these guys and, and, and the Gentiles who no one really thought were entitled to the power of God, let alone salvation and, and all that. And the power of God so touches Cornelius' house, his whole house gets filled with the Spirit. And they said, we knew they were filled with the Spirit because we heard them speaking in other tongues. In Acts chapter 19, the Bible tells us that Paul came to, to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we didn't know we could. And he says, well, then what were you baptizing? They said, we were baptized in water. So they were disciples who had been baptized in water. So they were Christians. And he said, okay, then. He said, I'm going to pray for you. He prays for them. And the Bible says that they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible goes on to say that they heard them speaking with other tongues. Now, now throughout the Bible, Simon the sorcerer, he, he sees the power of God being released, but Simon the sorcerer, who had access to supernatural things, wanted to buy what was happening, and, and, and they rebuked him. They said, the devil's getting in your head, man. You can't do this. I'll rebuke you. But the point is, he saw that there was some value. He wanted to actually buy this stuff. And the, what I'm trying to say to you today is that when the power of God comes into your life, something's going to happen. And I know I've said it before, but if I, if I take the plug off the wall and put my finger on the wires, I'm going to receive a manifestation of something. There's going to be an impartation of something. And uh, I know I shared it here a little while ago, but Andrew Buxton, who's our resident Sparky here at the church, he told me one day he touched the wrong wires and got electrocuted and thought, well, that's it, I'm going to die. He went and sat in the car and, and waited to die. And then about an hour later, he realized, well, I'm not going to die now. So he went back to doing what he was going to do. But I can tell you, when you get... Oh, shuck up. When you get filled, sorry about that, it's a Holy Ghost Tourette. When you, get, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, man, when the power of God gets on your life, something starts to happen. God, let us not have a powerless Christianity, but God, give us a, a Pentecostal experience where we're full of the power of the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. You say you talk about this a lot. Yeah, because it's a critical hour that we have the power of God. We're living in a critical day where the power of God needs to be poured out. And I want to have a look at 1 Corinthians for a minute. I'm going to go on a bit of a journey to, to, to what might, might seem like a deviation from the message, but I want to show you how Paul writes to give you an understanding of this. 
Do we have anyone in, in this place that believes in the power of the Holy Ghost? Bless Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13. You'll hear this at every wedding. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Now, what you've got to understand is we, we look at this and think Paul's really making speaking in tongues a less important issue. And it's, it's all about love, brother. It's not about tongues. You've got to understand the way Paul writes. He always creates controversy and tension with the way he writes. So he says, I'm going to pick something that is a huge value and I'm going to, I'm going to use this right now to show them how important I am. Basically, it's like saying to you about your spouse. He's is, is, is saying, you know, you might love your wife, but you love God more. So he's not saying hate your wife. He's saying love these things, but you've got to love God more. So he's, say, he's saying, if you don't have love, your supernatural experience has no power because it's not rooted and grounded in the love of God. And the truth is, when I preach on the baptism in the Spirit, I'm not elevating that above love. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's got to be our primary goal. And the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit should be purely to aid us in that process. Loving the kingdom of God, loving people, seeing God establish his work on planet Earth. And so he says this, he, he says, I speak with tongues of angel. I have not love. I'm a clanging symbol. Have you ever heard someone who manifests in the spirit? They're loud and it just gets on you. I guarantee you it's an issue here because it's more about how it sounds than what it is. And the baptism, the power of God should be rooted and grounded in the love of God. And we would see the beauty of God established. Now, I want to just prove this a bit more to show you how he writes. Now, verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes this. And we all know this passage. He says, and now abide... Faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. So we'll hear people say, see, it's just, he's almost pulling down speaking in tongues. Well, if he's pulling down speaking in tongues, he's now pulling down hope and faith. That's not what he's doing. What he's doing is he's showing you that these are important things. The baptism in the Spirit, faith, the, the hope of, of the future, the blessed hope, Jesus coming back and, and returning in power and glory. He said, all of those things are massively important, but there is still something greater, and that's the love of God. And so when I preach this today, I'll tell you the same thing. The love of God is, is the most beautiful, pure thing that we can walk in as believers. But I also want to have a look at the process and the power of the baptism in the Spirit. Because we start to get into 1 Corinthians 14, and we see Paul regulating the use and saying, your understanding will be unfruitful if you speak in an unknown tongue. And so sometimes we can look at that and think, He's pulling away. He's absolutely not. He's showing us how to use the gifts of God with wisdom. He's showing us how to use the gifts of God in a, in a practical way that build the church rather than draw attention to ourselves. But Paul, absolutely, and he makes disclaimers all the way through about his love for the power of the Holy Spirit. For example, 1 Corinthians 14.5, he says this. He says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Let me say that again. I wish you all spoke with tongues. The Apostle Paul is saying to you today, I wish you all spoke in tongues. And so we believe when Paul writes a whole lot of other things about sanctification and justification and salvation and walking in the, in the presence and the saving grace of Jesus, we embrace that. The same writer of Romans is the same writer right now who says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. And then, and then he goes on to say in verse 18, he, he decides, I'm going to up the ante a little bit. I'm going to just 
Occasionally, the Apostle Paul misses many great opportunities to sound humble. And he says here, he, he says in verse 18, he says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. He's very humble. Oh, I'm very grateful that I'm more spiritual than you are. He says, I thank my God. Why? Because he's trying to say, I speak in tongues all the time. So when we look at this passage, we've got to see it through the lens of how Paul's writing. He places incredible value, incredible value on the language and the gift of speaking in other tongues. You might be here in church today and you'd never, ever stepped into, into that experience of having a prayer language. And, and today you might sit here and go, you know what, oh, I don't know. Now, he says, he says I, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. But maybe you're here today and you've never ever been, been uh, one who has stepped into that gift. And sometimes it can seem like there's the haves and the have-nots. And you might say, well, if I get baptized in the Spirit, do I have to speak in tongues? No, you don't have to. You get to. And we've got to change our have-tos to get to sometimes. You mean, if I get so, do I have to read my Bible? No, you get to read your Bible. Do I have to pray? No, you get to pray. Do I have to go to heaven? You get to go to heaven. You know? Now, now here, here's the thing that I want to tell you. When you're filled with the Spirit, do you have to speak in tongues? No, you get to speak in tongues. And I, I want to encourage you today to whatever may be in your head that says, you know what, I don't know if I want to have this going on in my life. Just hit reset on that whole thing. Just, just reboot. Start over. Because I want to show you today benefits of, of our heavenly language. Now, the reason I've come to preach this is because I've always preached on, you should speak in tongues. You've got power to speak in tongues. We're going to believe you're going to speak in tongues. But I don't actually ever remember preaching a message on the benefits. And I'm, I would have mentioned some as I preached. But to specifically talk about the why. Often I, I try to prove the biblical uh, prerogative to do so but this morning i want to teach on why it's beneficial to you and i haven't scratched the surface i mean there, there, there's hundreds of reasons why you should pray in the spirit and you might think of some and go well why didn't you mention that i don't know these are the things that i would manage to come up with and and i'm going to pray that they are a blessing to you today what what happens when we speak in our heavenly language number one i want you to write these down if you can number one God speaks to us. And I just read in our text, Isaiah 28, he says, For with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, he will speak to this people. I believe that when we, uh, when we pray in the language of the Spirit, God speaks to us. I, and Paul says our understanding is unfruitful. Our understanding of what we're doing is unfruitful. However, when God begins to speak in response to what our Spirit's saying to God, I believe it's extremely powerful what God can reveal by His Spirit. Praying in tongues, to me, is one of the great weapons of our faith. And it, can I, I tell you, I preach this and I sense God's grace on this because it is the most powerful thing that can happen to a believer. When a believer steps into the baptism in the Spirit and they have a prayer language. I'm not talking about mechanical tongues like Rondai, Shondai, Tom, Abotai, who shot the pecan down or should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia, big mistake. Or hubba dubba ding ding, look at the legs on that thing. That's not what I'm trying to say to you today. I'm talking about a prayer meeting that invades another realm, that, that taps into another dimension. And then God speaks into our life. And He speaks through revelation. When you, I tell you, when I get in the Word of God, it, I, you can't use the term. Some people say, yeah, I'm just going to have my quiet time. Well, then I don't understand where you are at because for me, there's nothing quiet about reading the Bible. When you start reading the miracles of Jesus, when you start reading about the fact that He loves you, and has a plan for it. You. you read the Bible, man, you have a bit of a revival. Your right leg starts to go, and boom! That ain't quiet. 
It's dangerous. Because God will speak to you. God speaks to you through the revelation of God's word. You sense God. I feel like God begins to take a hold, not, not, in, a, not in a way that you just become uh, without will and without your own ideas, but I, I believe God gets in your mind and begins to speak into your spirit things that are, are from heaven and, and he speaks to you. When God, you say, how does God speak? One of the ways God speaks to you is your thoughts just seem to come into divine order with God. And your thoughts go from being... I know when God speaks because I think things like, be generous. No. <laughs> Bless somebody or do the dishes or clean the house or do those things. And so when I get those words, I share them with Donna and she does them. And I appreciate that. <laughs> it's not true. I mean, she, she would have God spoke to her. If I said that to her, I'd get two black eyes. But... Another reason we speak in tongues, when we speak in our heavenly language, and it is a heavenly language. He says the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. That's a heavenly language. I don't know what language we're going to speak in heaven. But I can tell you I'm practicing as much as I can. For when I get there, I'm going to get up to heaven. And they're going to be like, exactly. I'm going to say, fantastic, let's do this thing. And then I'm going to go and find Elvis because that's the first thing I want to do. Because I know is there. Number two, when we speak in our heavenly language, number two, we speak mysteries directly to God. That word mysteries. Paul says, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks unto God in the spirit. He speaks mysteries. The word mysteries means secrets between friends, what is only known to the initiated. So when you pray in an unknown tongue, often I pray in the Spirit. I don't know what I'm saying, but I know that I'm getting refreshed. I know that God's doing something, but I know that what I'm saying is touching the throne room of heaven. Some of you, when you pray, you're like me. I can pray for like five minutes. Lord, bless the church. Bless Donna. Bless James and Sam. And I could use a latte right now. I'm a little hungry. Um, I like food. And your head just starts going in a different direction. But when you start praying in the Spirit, it prolongs what you're doing. And you pray in English. You pray in the Spirit. You pray, you pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and God begins to speak to your heart and speak to your life. It's a powerful, powerful thing. We speak to God. I've heard preachers say that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you speak a language the enemy doesn't understand. And that sounds all good. I don't know if that's true. But what I do know is when you're speaking directly to God from your spirit, who's been transformed by the grace of God, where your spirit's been washed in the blood of Jesus, and it's a new spirit that is put in you. It's himself communicating with himself through you. It is one of the most beautiful things. Is it weird? Yes, it is. Speaking in tongues is strange. There is nothing normal about praying in the Spirit. My father would drive me to school. We'd, we'd pick up people around Modbury North and go to school, and Dad would be driving the car. I'd, I'd want to die. I was so utterly embarrassed. I was like, Dad, shut up. Stop it. And if I said that, it would just get louder and louder. Now, now I find myself driving my son in the car. I can't wait to embarrass him using the gifts of the Spirit. Can't wait. To terrorize the child. It's my right as a father. He said, we speak mysteries. And God, number three, when we speak in an unknown tongue, when we speak in a heavenly language, number three, we build ourselves up. The Bible says in Jude 20, build yourself up in your most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. 
by praying in the Spirit. How do we pray in the Spirit? We pray with, with, with our heavenly language. And, and it's a powerful thing. And Paul echoes this. He says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. That word edify comes from a Greek word, oikodomio, which means to build your spiritual house. I am built up in my spirit man when I pray in the Holy Ghost. And I know it's unusual, but I tell you, when you've got the enemy coming against you with the big guns of hell, you need more than a WWJD band. You need more than the latest CD or, or whatever, or the latest podcast. You need, you need some supernatural power that puts backbone in your spirit, that gives you something to conquer. When the enemy comes against you, you're able to build rabashe. You can build yourself up. Come on, do I have any people that believe in that this morning? Somebody say hallelujah. That word edify, build your spiritual house. Matthew 16, 18. He said, he said, Jesus says, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That word build. Same word, oikodomio, build your spiritual house. How does God build his church? I believe one of the ways he builds it is through us being built up ourselves by the spirit of God within us. There is nothing like the power of the Holy Spirit in a believer. I, I believe this. I, I go, I'm not trying to sound like a legend, but I travel all over the world. I go from... I've, Set it in Finland. I've set it in India. I've set it in France. I've set it in Canada. I've set it in America. I've set it all across New Zealand. I've preached in Papua New Guinea. I've preached in Vanuatu and Vanuatu. And all over this, I mean, I've been everywhere in Australia and I've never deviated from my message. And that is that you and I can live filled with God's spirit, filled with God's power. We, we need to understand that it, it, when, when we're filled with the spirit, we can truly know what, what it means to say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the, in the world. What's greater? I'm talking about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life. Come on, church. Give God a shout if you believe that this morning. Man, I'm getting happy today. Number four, when we speak in our heavenly language, we... we we exercise, we use the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, to another many other kinds of tongues, another the interpretation of tongues. The nine gifts of the Spirit are given to us by God. Now, I want to talk about that for a minute because some of us think that speaking in tongues is a gift of the Spirit, so it's one in nine, so some get it, some don't. Now, I believe that there are three kinds of uh, tongues that we, that we have access to as believers and Firstly, I believe in, and I'll get to what I'm preaching on, I guess, last, but there's tongues of the sign, the sign of the unbeliever. The Bible's clear about that in the book of, in the book of Corinthians. We, we know that the Bible says in, in verse 22 of 1 Corinthians 14, therefore tongues are, are, are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. Yet it's the thing we hide from unbelievers. So, so, so tongues are a sign to unbelievers. On the day of Pentecost, the language of heaven was a sign and a wonder that made Jesus relevant. Can I tell you, being baptized in the Spirit, flowing in the Holy Ghost should not make us weird or irrelevant. When people use revival and the power of God as an excuse to be irrelevant, to me, they're missing the whole point. The whole purpose of Pentecostal power is to win the harvest and see souls saved for the glory of the name of Jesus Christ. And so we look at this passage here and we see that it's a gift of the Spirit, but we see tongues as a sign, which happened in Acts chapter 2. They spoke the language of the day. They didn't know what they were speaking, but God took hold of that. It was a supernatural utterance that God took a hold of, and they began to speak in a language that was real. I tell you, when you speak in tongues, all kinds of things can happen. That can happen. 
I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying it can happen. Another, another, uh, another use of tongues or another uh, kind of tongues is tongues for prophecy. You'll see that here. Now, we don't see a lot of it in church these days. But praying in the Spirit, tongues and interpretation, I believe it. It's totally biblical. When I grew up in the church, I grew up at Paradise. We had a sweet lady that would give the same message in tongues every week. The interpretation was different. I thought it was very impressive how God could arrange that in such a way. But, but the reality is there, there is tongues for prophecy where somebody will have an overflow in a heavenly language. And then somebody will hear the word of the Lord and interpret that. I don't understand why. I don't understand why we have to have the message in tongues first and then the interpretation. My belief is simply this. There is something about the language of heaven that that touches an atmosphere and God speaking something in in such a profound way that maybe one person doesn't quite have the capacity to get that thing out, you know. I know when I'm excited about something, my mouth moves 10 times faster than my head. And so God has a way. But when you pray in a heavenly language, This is just simple teaching, but I believe this with all of my heart. It's a value we need to have here in this church. I I pray that every person who attends Life Point Church would be baptized in the Spirit and have a prayer language and and know how to touch God in the power of His Holy Spirit. And and, and we, we, we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. But when Paul says, I would that you all speak in tongues. And when we see on the day of Pentecost, they're all filled and began to speak in tongues. We could see the precedent was... Anyone that got baptized in the Spirit got tongues, but did they prophesy in tongues? No. Did they, did they speak in tongues as a sign? Yes, in Acts chapter 2 they did. But I will say this, that I believe the third kind of speaking in tongues is having our prayer language, for our, our prayer and praise language. A, a pastor I know, he calls it his supernatural, supercharged prayer and praise language given to him by the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, his glossolalia from heaven. But I believe in that. I believe in a supernatural prayer and praise language from God that we have. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But when we speak in tongues, we, we, we use the gifts that God has given to us. I buy my kids stuff all the time. I bought him this Thomas the Tank Engine thing that you wind up and all these Thomases go around the track. And I'm so pumped. I keep buying more Thomases to get. And when I see him using the thing, I just sit there and I get pumped. I'm just using the gift I've given it. When we use the gift that God purchased for us on Calvary, let's not nullify this stuff. Let's realize the Holy Spirit of God gave us a gift that was made possible through the finished work of Jesus on Calvary. When we put value on praying in the Spirit, you'll see what a revolution it can have in your heart and in your life for the glory of His name. Number, number five. Number five, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, number five, our spirit prays. He says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Here communicates it here. That's beautiful. Number seven, when we speak in tongues, we stir up the river of God on the inside of us. Stir up that anointing. Paul said to Timothy, I remind you, stir up the gift that is in you, which you receive through the laying on of my hands. I remind you, Life Point Church, stir up the gift that God gave you the day you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of you haven't prayed in tongues for a long time. Some of you, it's been ages since you've stirred that up or it becomes a bit mechanical or you, you kind of go, oh yeah, that's something I did when I had all this youthful zeal. Can I encourage you? Get back to being a new Christian. Get back to being excited about Jesus. Get back. I tell you, when praise and worship was happening today, I couldn't help myself. I didn't feel like English was cutting it anymore. I was rushakabrata. Why? Because something connected with my spirit and the river of God stirred up. When I, I tell you, I want to pray for people knowing that I've been stirred 
stir it up by the Spirit of God that I'm not just laying hands on someone as some biblical kind of uh, ritual, but, but, but a biblical divine supernatural transaction where authority and power flow from one vessel into another vessel through a point of contact through the laying on of hands. I tell you today, let's be a people who know what it is to stir up rivers. Some of you, you cannot, you cannot walk into church all forlorn and grumpy when you've been baptized in the Spirit. Why? Because when you're speaking in tongues and stirring up rivers, the Bible calls it rest and refreshing. It brings joy. It brings life. I've never met someone who's miserable and Spirit-filled. I've met plenty of people who are miserable and not Spirit-filled. But when the Spirit of God is alive on the inside of you, I'm not saying you've been filled. I'm saying if you're filled right now, there is a joy. A rest and a refreshing rest. I tell you something, when you have kids, you learn to value rest. And I can tell you right now, you don't get as much of it as you used to have. Rest and refreshing. Somebody say rest and refreshing. Number five, this is number six. Number seven, it unlocks the supernatural. It unlocks the power of God. When we pray for people at altar calls for the baptism in the Spirit, we're not trying to, we are not trying to, to make that the end game. Speaking in tongues doesn't mean you finally arrived. The baptism in the Spirit is the entry point into the supernatural of God. And so it's not the end, it's the beginning. The baptism in the Spirit is the gateway to the supernatural. Praying in the Spirit. If you can conquer that in your head, you can almost conquer anything God does. Because it's so strange. How many of you, before you got filled with the Spirit, you thought that is a very unusual thing? How many people afterwards you went, it's not, it's not, not that unusual, it's pretty normal? Because you cross over, you, you, you understand that the spiritual eyes of your heart have been enlightened to a greater truth of God. And, and, and the problem is, I often believe that our head gets in the way, often, of what God does. Our head. There's times I have to rebuke my head. Say, head. Just... Chill out, head. You, you stupid head. You, because the Bible doesn't say out of your head flows rivers of living water. He says out of your belly. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a transaction in your spirit, man, that God does. And our head wants to control the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got to let God be in control. Number, number eight, the language of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when we speak in tongues, when we speak in a heavenly language, our prayer, our praise and worship intensifies. And it's, if, if we look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15 and 17, Paul says, What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I'll pray with understanding also. I'll sing with the Spirit, and I'll sing with understanding also. Jesus, he said, he said, They that worship me will worship me how? In spirit and in truth. And it's so important to understand that worship in the Spirit I'm not, I'm not containing it just to worshipping in, the, in, the, in our heavenly language, but that is a massive part of that. I, I was in a meeting recently, and they, I don't know why, but it was, of course it wasn't in Australia. We sing more relevant, well, not relevant, that's not what I'm looking for, more contemporary songs. And the, I heard this church, I was singing this old song, Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, lift up your voice to God. I'd never noticed it, but the, the words go, praise with the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. So I, 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 this song just got in my spirit. Praise with the spirit. And I thought, do you know, often we praise with our understanding. But we, 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 we have, as the body of Christ, we need to get back to our ability to praise with the spirit. 
and, and worship God in our heavenly language and sing in tongues. I can, I can tell you right now, some of you, we can sing, we can sing whatever we're singing. Holy Spirit, you are welcoming. If I said, come on, let's sing in our heavenly language. Everyone's like, get all shy. Don't you? You get it. But I can tell you when we worship God in the Spirit, I've been in services where the Holy Ghost just takes over. I, I want Him to take over. I, I really, being in control is overrated. You know, controlling people, they have a lot of control. They don't have friends, but they've got a lot of control. I don't want to be a controlling pastor or leader. I want God to know this is His church. And, and we, God, you can do whatever you want to do. Have your way. If you want to interrupt the service, interrupt the service. I remember Rodney Howard Brown preaching when the Holy Ghost first started moving in his meetings. He said, God, you're ruining my meetings. He said, son, your meetings are so bad, they need ruining. God ruined this church. God ruined this place. Yeah, we have our ideas and we try to be spirit-led, but come, breath of God, do whatever you want to do in this place. This isn't my church. It's not your church. It's not our board or eldership's church. And I thank God that every one of those groups that I've just mentioned are committed to the same thing. Come, breath of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise with the Spirit and with understanding. We praise with our understanding all the time. Wake within me. Wake within me. You're, we did that today. Lift up your voices and da da dee dee. Dee dee dee. I, pray, I understood when I had the words. Without the words, I have to sing in the spirit. We're going to worship God at the end of this meeting. We're going to tap into heaven and see God do something. It's my last thought, and this is important. Last thought. When we speak in tongues, we give God full control. I want to show you why for just one minute. And then I feel the presence of Jesus here today. I'm personally, I believe that God's Pentecostal. It talks about the tongue in the book of James chapter 3. He says in verse 2, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to also bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits into horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn their whole body. Look also at ships. They are so large and they're driven by fierce winds. And they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. He says it's the same the springs send forth both fresh water and bitter from the same opening. He's basically saying, if you have control of your tongue, you have control over your whole life. Now, if I can say this, it's no coincidence to me that when God baptized you in the Spirit, what does He take control of? That. This thing, can I say my elbow has never caused me any problems. My feet, my knees, my, my, my eyes. I've never had any problem as a result of my cuticles. They've never caused me trouble. My teeth, no trouble. My nostrils have not caused me trouble. My tongue has got me into many, many, many kinds of trouble. Most of your problems, this thing just got a little bit out of control. How many people know what I'm talking about? Okay, the rest of you, you need to repent for not telling the truth. See, the Bible says... I've made many mistakes. I've caused many a fire with my words. But I can tell you when you're filled with the Spirit and God gets a hold of 
this, that your tongue starts to get control over your life. I find when I pray in the Spirit, I speak better. I talk better. I begin to walk in the anointing greater. And today, I want to I speak to us today more than anything about the baptism in the Holy Spirit is truly about giving God control in our life. It's amazing. A lot of people can surrender to a lot of elements of God, but they always struggle with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we want to control. You can get this, this will blow your mind. You can grieve. You can resist. You can quench and you can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But you cannot, you cannot control the Holy Spirit. You can grieve him, you can't control him. The Bible says no man can hold the wind. The Bible says the wind blows where it wills. The Bible says he holds the wind in his fists. And God releases the breath and the wind of God. The Holy Spirit is not subject uh, to our permission. He, he can do whatever he wants to do, but... He will treat us as a gentleman would. And if we resist him, it's simply... Don't, don't think of the Holy Ghost as some uh, poor, meek, weak figure who wants to come and bless you and you say, no, I resist you. And he takes his bat and ball and goes home. He just goes, you know what? I'm not going to put my presence where I'm not wanted. But where I'm received and where I'm hungered for, I'll release my anointing. I would love it if we could stand this morning for a minute. If you have to go, uh, I, I understand that there's mums with kids and... And dads with kids, if you have to go or you've got things on, I don't want to hold you here. But maybe just for the next two or three minutes, I just want to spend a little bit of time just worshiping the Lord. And, 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 but if you have to go, be blessed. I bless you as you go in the name of Jesus. We love you so much. We thank you for being with us today. If you're a visitor here, we're going to worship the Lord. And maybe, maybe you're a little bit shy when it comes to this. I will not do anything to put anyone on the spot or anything like that. Maybe you're not fully convinced that what I'm preaching is for you. Just sit back and just enjoy the goodness of Jesus. We're going to worship the Lord. But I'd love it if every person would just lift their hands for just one moment to heaven. Lord, we worship. We worship your name. Let's sing, let us become.